0: Welcome to the very first episode of Why Not Meditate Podcast. I'm your host, Masako Kozawa, a teacher and a student of mindfulness meditation. I am so happy that you're here. In this first episode, I would like to share a little bit about myself, who I am, where I have been, and where I am right now. You ready? Let's get started. So, just to give you an image of who I am, I was born and raised in Japan. I grew up there and lived there for the first 20 years of my life with my parents, an older sister, and a younger brother. And I would say my upbringing was somewhat unique and extraordinary, mainly because of my father's way of thinking. He did not conform to the societal norms and rituals so many people just blindly accept and live their lives according to. He had his own philosophy of how he wanted to live his life and he did not care about what other people said or thought about him, including his own family he grew up with. He was self-employed, now he's retired. He studied holistic medicine on his own and really prioritized creating great memories as a family. So since I was nine years old, he started taking a month of August off from his business every single year so that we can travel together. I know it's kind of crazy, but every single summer for one entire month of August, we The five of us flew to the United States from Japan and traveled all over the country as well as parts of Canada. And that experience was priceless and significant in so many ways. It gifted me with great memories with my family that I can cherish throughout the course of my life. It expanded my vision in terms of what is out there, how people are living outside of a small country of Japan. And it gave me a desire to design and experience my own life outside of the societal and cultural norms, which are limited, predictable, and quite frankly, boring so in my late teens i developed a desire to live in a foreign country and speak a foreign language and the opportunity came in when i was a junior in college in japan to be an exchange student at northern michigan university in Marquette, michigan i just turned 21 years old and i started living in the upper peninsula of michigan It was crazy. (laughs) Everything was so different there. And it was very challenging. My English was not that good back then. And taking college classes was definitely not easy. Everything was outside of my comfort zone. But you don't know what your comfort zone is until you go outside of it, right? And what the uncomfortable experience gave me was a chance to face my own upper limits and go beyond them. And little by little, I experienced my upper limits expanded. And that was exhilarating. So originally, the exchange program was supposed to be for one year, but halfway through it, I decided to transfer from the college in Japan and finish my undergraduate degree at Northern Michigan. I have gone back to Japan to visit my family since then, but I have not gone back to live there. And it's been so many years since then. And right after college, I got married. Literally one week after graduation. And... Um, to be honest, the marriage was full of struggles. We were two young people who did not know what we were doing. We had a very limited amount of awareness in terms of who we were. And he brought in his set of traumas from his upbringing into the relationship. And I did too. And when one or two people in a relationship are unconscious about their unhealed wounds, so to speak, it is almost impossible to establish and maintain a healthy relationship. We did not know how to navigate through the complexity and nuances of the relationship. So, we didn't. After 12 years of marriage, we finally separated And our daughter was two years old at that time. She is now 11, as I record this. So, although leaving the marriage was a step toward my well-being in the long term, initially, though, it was rough. The first couple of years after the divorce was especially very challenging for me because our daughter was still young and... I was the primary caretaker, and I was working full-time as I always was, and it was physically demanding. Looking back, I don't know how I survived. I must have been walking like a zombie all the time without realizing it. By then, I had been operating on the fight-and-flight mode for such a long time including the years in a marriage. It eventually took a toll on my well-being and a lot of things started falling apart. My physical health, mental health, emotional health, all of it. But most of all, physically not feeling well pulled down the other two elements. When you don't feel well, It's pretty difficult to feel positive or have an optimistic outlook in life, right? So that affected how I showed up in my life, especially in the two primary areas, one, parenting, and two, career. I was not being the type of mom I wanted to be for my daughter. I was not able to perform at my highest level at work. I was exhausted, stressed out, numb, and empty. We all know that mental and emotional health is as critical as physical health, but we often don't notice or won't do anything about it until our physical health goes down because that's usually more noticeable and measurable. And what happened to me was that the mental and emotional stress finally showed up in my body. And that's when I knew I had to do something about my physical health. So I did a lot of research and started implementing all sorts of things into my everyday life. I went to see a holistic medicine doctor and got extensive blood tests done I knew I didn't want to go to the allopathic medical doctor because I knew they would just give me some drugs that might have bad side effects. And through the blood tests, I found out that certain food like gluten was not agreeing with my system. So I stopped eating gluten and sugar. I went back to doing yoga. I started doing other types of exercising which took me a while to find out what worked best for me. I tried on different supplements. I tweaked my schedule so that I was going to bed earlier and getting up earlier to get my circadian rhythm right. I tried intermittent fasting, put MCT oil in my coffee, did hot and cold showers in the morning, you name it. I tried a bunch of things. And I still do. This is a never-ending journey, and I am not a finished product. I will never be. But I have implemented many things I found helpful into my everyday life, which are now part of my daily or weekly or monthly habits. And one thing led to another. While I was researching, I found so many people who were into optimizing health or the people who were very successful in their own areas had some sort of mindfulness or meditation practice that they religiously followed. And by that time, I was willing to try anything to feel better and happier. So I started meditating. I did not know exactly how. I did not know what I was doing. I just searched for guided meditation on YouTube and found the ones I liked and started listening to them. I also started using a meditation app, Headspace or Insight Timer, and I read some books about meditation. I was skeptical, but I was willing to try it. Because I thought, what do I have to lose? I did not know if I was doing it right or wrong. I just sat quietly and observed my mind. I started witnessing what my mind was thinking. And it's not like I saw the results overnight. The way the effects showed up was more subtle, yet very significant. I don't remember exactly how many weeks or months that I have been meditating. But one day, at some random moment, I would catch myself thinking in ways that didn't serve me. And I would consciously change the thought. Or I would be having a conversation with someone. And I would be more observant and notice that I was less reacting to a trigger. I would normally have a knee-jerk reaction to what the other person was saying, but now I had the mental space or bandwidth to identify that I was about to have a knee-jerk reaction and I can pause and choose a more thoughtful response. Have you seen the movie Matrix where the main character, Neo, played by Keanu Reeves, is watching someone shooting a gun toward him? And he can see the bullets coming toward him in slow motion. It's kind of like that. Only it's not the bullet. It's the words or attitudes coming from someone. Another example is, when I would eat something, I would notice that I was often eating unconsciously. Rather absent-mindedly. I was just going through the motions. I didn't even know if I was hungry or not or the type of food I would eat. Most of the time, especially if I was busy or stressed out, I would gravitate toward the food that is not the most nutritious for me. But then I started catching myself doing that as a habit and I would take a pause and ask myself, why do I want to eat this? Is this really a good choice? And those are just a few examples of how I saw the benefits of meditation surfacing in my everyday life. And over the course of a few years, I started making better decisions. Like small decisions, but better decisions. But those small decisions you make every single day pile up and start making a significant impact. I started feeling better and happier. And me feeling better and happier affected how I interpreted everything else around me. And I really felt things were working out better in general. The more I saw these changes, the more I got curious and I started taking group meditation classes at a yoga meditation studio in downtown Chicago called Chill, which led me to a teacher training the studio was offering. I had no intention to teach meditation when I decided to take the training. I just wanted to deepen my own practice because I was just so fascinated and curious how much more profound this simple practice could be. And the training was from January to March of 2020. Toward the very end of it, the pandemic started and everything shut down. And we finished the training online rather than in person in a studio. But I cannot imagine how much more difficult it would have been to handle the last 19 to 20 months of everything being shuffled around. So, meditation has been the biggest game changer in my life. Because when you can observe your thoughts from almost like a third person's perspective, you have now awareness of your thoughts. And once you are aware of what you're thinking, you can examine them or replace them with thoughts that serve you better. Once you have control over your thoughts and think better thoughts, then that has a domino effect on your actions because your actions cannot be better than your thoughts, right? So Here's my invitation to everyone. Why not meditate? It's so simple. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. You don't have to go through a divorce or health crisis like I did. You don't have to wait to hit the rock bottom. You can start from where you are. It's truly one of the most magical things I have experienced in my life. And there's more to it. I am not a guru or an expert in meditation. I have not arrived. But I've seen enough. And I want you to experience that magic too. It's simple. But what it takes is consistency. Just like anything else. That's where the magic is. So... I will leave you with this quote by John Kabat-Zinn. It is indeed a radical act of love just to sit down and be quiet for a time by yourself. It is indeed a radical act of love just to sit down and be quiet for a time by yourself. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, subscribe and leave a review. Also, share the episode with a friend who might benefit from meditation. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, why not meditate?